0: So this is not a spoiler, but the main sex scene in the book features a washer dryer. I'll let you use your imagination. And she told us that as it happened, when she was writing the book, she and her husband purchased a new washer dryer. And so she asked her aunt, who is her accountant, can I write off the washer dryer as book research? And her aunt said, only if you can show that it is used 50% of the time for book research. Wow.
1: <laughs> I mean.
0: <laughs> she was like, okay, I don't know if I can commit to that much book research. That's incredible. You're listening to Burnt Toast. I'm Virginia Soul Smith. And I'm Corinne Fay. We are doing a very special February Indulgence Gospel. We're going to mix it up a little bit this month. We are, of course, still going to do Pants Chat. We wouldn't leave you without that. Um, and we're still going to do Butter But instead of your usual mix of listener questions, we are doing a kind of late winter, early spring books forecast where we're going to tell you about a whole bunch of books we are very excited to be reading. We get sent a lot of books. We want to have all of the authors on the podcast, but we don't make enough episodes to do that. So these are books that we're excited about, that we've loved, and we want to tell you about. And they all came out very recently or coming out between now and like end of March-ish, I think. We will link everything in the episode transcript for you, so don't panic if you are driving and don't have a pen handy. And we will link, of course, to the Burnt Toast Bookshop over at Split Rock Books, where you can take 10% off any title from today's episode with the code BOOKGOSPEL, and that offer is good until March 31st.
1: Indulgence gospel episodes are usually paywalled, but we're keeping the entire books discussion free today because we want everyone to know about these great titles. You will need to be a paid subscriber to listen to butter, though. It's just $5 per month or $50 for the year. Or if you're a burnt toast superfan, you can upgrade to extra butter and get even more perks.
0: Extra Better is now just $99 a year, and remember, whatever you've paid towards your current subscription gets put towards that total. And you do get a whole additional Indulgence Gospel, plus a live thread discussion every month, and a comp subscription to Cult of Perfect. Click the link in your episode description, or go to virginiasoulsmith.substack.com to join us.
1: Are you ready to talk about pants? (laughs)
0: When, when it's are, my are we? Not smooth talking segue. About pants? No, that was good. In the outline, it just oh. says Corinne segues to pants <laughs> shop and you did it.
1: Well, I think the the thing that we can't avoid talking about right now is leggings legs. If you've been on Instagram or TikTok, you have probably heard leggings legs.
0: I have, and I wish I have not. Yeah. So I think the thing
1: about leggings legs is I learned about it because I'm seeing everyone on TikTok and Instagram have a reaction to it. Yes. When I tried to find out what leggings legs were specifically, I started by searching TikTok. And when you search leggings legs on TikTok now, it gives you the number for, like, National Eating Disorder Awareness Hotline.
0: I mean... So this has quickly
1: been (laughs) turned around. The only thing I could even find was some, like, very small-scale influencer responding to a comment on her video where someone said, like you have the perfect legs for leggings and she was like oh thanks I didn't know and like did a little spin (laughs) and from what I can gather the perfect leggings legs are you have a thigh gap
0: right it's a new way of saying thigh gap
1: yes and I just feel like everyone reacted so quickly being like this is bullshit that it's like it's over
0: well you know what I'm gonna just say high five team then This was a great rapid response effort. If you Google it, you immediately get all the news coverage being like, people are outraged about the leggings leg Yeah. (laughs) But But uh, none of the news
1: stories even link to the origin of this leggings legs thing.
0: I wonder if it's like a wag the dog situation where there was no origin. Was this planted? Are, Are we being distracted from a larger issue?
1: I would love to know. I was like, did Lululemon plant the story so everyone's googling leggings or something
0: <laughs> so Go now ahead. all your targeted ads are serving you leggings which we are contributing to that effort by having this conversation I want to mostly be thrilled that our services weren't even needed like I think the gen Z activists were like shut it down not available but it also makes me wonder like was it ever anything
1: even if we didn't have the term leggings legs like I feel like everyone already knew
0: about that gaps yes. yeah yeah. And do we need to explain that you don't need to have a thigh gap, that it's normal for human thighs to touch one another? I don't know. It feels like is that a conversation we even need to have anymore?
1: Like maybe I'm just too old for this now that I'm 38. I don't care about thigh gaps
0: anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That was never one of my body hangups to begin with. It's so interesting, like what different body parts we get like sold the narrative. My peak body anxiety years were not thigh gap years. They were hmm. torso years. Oh, interesting. It was like the Britney Spears, Jessica Simpson exposed mid-drift. Mm-hmm. That's Belly, my trauma. yeah. I don't know. Did you have thigh gap? I mean,
1: I think a thigh gap just always felt so out of reach for me. My thighs didn't gap from the day I was born. <laughs> and even as like a mid size teen or whatever, like still was not close.
0: Okay. So leggings, legs has come and gone. We are deeming it over. You heard it here.
1: Nobody needs to worry about it. We're moving on. Jeans legs, on the other hand. You're excited
0: about some (laughs) new jeans. And I think I want to order them, but you need to teach me what to order.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, these are not new jeans. Okay. They're new to (laughs) you. But.
0: New to me. Well, They're new to
1: me. They're new to no one. (laughs) They're old, but I'm just trying to get more people to buy them because I feel like people are constantly like, what are the best jeans? And I'm always like, these are the best jeans. And I feel like no one's listening to me.
0: I mean, I did spend all that time telling people there are no good jeans, so I may have undercut
1: you. Oh, that's true, yes. Apologies. There are good jeans. Okay. Well for me. Okay. I like jeans from Universal Standard. I only like their like straight leg styles. And part of that is because I feel like everyone recommends these skinny jeans from Universal Standard. And I really don't like the fabric of them. It's like too thin. It wears out like instantaneously.
0: Due to my lack of thigh gap, I have busted through those thighs.
1: Same. And also, I think it's like too stretchy to the point where like they just don't stay
0: up. No, no, they don't.
1: Okay. So my personal favorite jeans from Universal Standard are the Donna style, which is like a curve style. And I would not consider myself someone who needs to buy curve Mm -hmm. jeans. Mm -hmm. What they mean by curve is you have a more than 10 inch difference between your waist and hips.
0: I mean, I might, but it goes in the other direction.
1: But I somehow ended up buying this probably without ever reading that. And this is the fit that I like.
0: And the other thing that you need
1: to know about these jeans is that when I measure my body and when I look at the size chart, I'm sort of between two sizes. Like I'm between a size 26 and a 28 on okay. the size chart.
0: Okay.
1: The size of jeans that fits me is a 24. So like a full size below the smallest measurement of my body, according to the size chart.
0: Well, and it does say right on the website that the Fit Run is generous. So the others have confirmed that. That's not just like a Corinne fluke. It's not just me.
1: And I think everyone needs to size down at least one size, possibly two.
0: Dramatic. And
1: I know that's very stressful. Yes. (laughs) And basically maybe means ordering more than one pair and returning them. And then I just want to shout out a few other styles, which is the Etta, who is the same style as Donna, but... In a straight
0: cut. It also looks like it has a longer leg. The Donna looks a little cropped to me.
1: Etta has one inch longer leg. Okay. The Donna, if you look at the back view, has, like, a dart, like, it between the pocket and the waist. The Etta has no dart, so that's the difference between, like, curve and straight. Okay. And... Yeah, I don't have, like, a huge butt, so I don't know that I need a dart, but I do have a big belly, so maybe it helps with that.
0: Interesting.
1: And then the other styles that I like, which are also straight leg styles, is Stevie, has a cuff, has a thicker, lower elastic denim, Mm -hmm. and is also, like, the straight style cut, so, like, less than 10 inch Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. gap between your waist and butt. And then the other one I like is Bay, which has a longer inseam.
0: Okay, so that's It has like a thirty-inch inst- inseam or longer. Length.
1: Yes, and Bay is the style that I originally got from Universal Standard, like the first pair I tried, and they lasted me like so long. Like I had them over like large amounts of size fluctuation and like wow. all kinds of stuff, and yeah, I still haven't worn through in the thighs. And I will say a lot of these are sold out right now, but just sign up for the notifications because they come back like all the
0: time. I mean, by the time we finish recording, they're going to have restocks.
1: Or just canceled all these styles and now you, no one can be yes. able to get them.
0: So I'm going to have to spend some time thinking about which of these I'm going to try and I will report yeah. back to everybody. I also just want to say like I've had a lot of personal growth and so I'm embracing a straight leg over a skinny and I'm proud of me.
1: I can't wait to see.
0: I still struggle with boots and straight leg jeans. I just, I'm sorry. I'm just still on my unlearning on journey there. But I think I can get into some of us. Oh, the Edo yeah. comes in fun colors too.
1: Yeah, they have some colors. I would never, but you, <laughs> you do you. do
0: white jeans.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I do white.
0: I mean. White. I actually
1: haven't tried their white styles. Maybe I should.
0: That feels like an oversight.
1: And then just as a tiny add-on. I will say that Universal Standard just came out with some 100% cotton denim jeans, which I have ordered but have not
0: arrived. We have no intel yet, but they might be worth exploring too. But that means there's going to be no stretch.
1: No stretch. But I think they say you order your size. So then I was confused about whether I would order my normal Universal Standard denim jean size or my size according to the size chart. And I think I bought two sizes. So we'll
0: see. We'll see. Okay. to be clear, we are not sponsored by Universal Standard. I think they are a great company and they are the best for like a wider range of like fat fashion options. And I want to make sure I can maintain the ability to be critical of them. Because they are not a perfect company, and I just want to make sure we're always, like, not getting clouded by, like, they offered us free stuff for money. So I think they're an important company for burnt toast to be paying attention to, but not for financial gain. Because, yeah, they're kind of all we have. I also want to say that as I've been living in my joggers, and I continue to live in my joggers, I did have the realization that part of the reason I was living in my joggers is that none of my other pants fit. It was time for a size up. I don't know why I didn't, like, put it together more quickly. I was, like, put jeans on to get dressed up, as discussed, their formal wear for me now, and was like, oh, they just don't fit. <laughs> That's the problem. They just got too tight, which happens because bodies change. It's all good. And even my universal standard pont pants I just ordered in the next size up because they had also gotten too tight. And those are, like, nice. a very stretchy pant. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. No, I just need a bigger size.
1: I do think sometimes it's helpful to have a little stretchy, soft pant phase while you're figuring it out.
0: I think if I noticed it more quickly, I would have just bought more jeans more quickly. I yeah. wasn't in denial necessarily, but I just yeah. sometimes you don't notice. And it was nice having the soft pants and not having to think about it. I guess. Yeah. So that having. Makes sense compassion and grace for myself as I size up and look forward to my pants no longer cutting into my internal organs I think I'm gonna love that for me I love that for you as well and then one last quick pants update is because the snow pants wrecks are still coming in that thread is still very active from last month wow. <laughs> it's like weeks later and people keep finding it and being like no here are more snow pants ideas for you so I just want to let the group know that I got some secondhand Eddie Bauer 2x snow pants off Sell Trade Plus. Yay! I mean, it really is a gift, guys. That Corinne does all this hard work on Sell Trade Plus and makes this available to us. And like somehow, it was like you were your own targeted advertising. Like we talked about it, and then you were like, "Here are snow pants for you." Yes. And the seller sent them so quickly. Thank you so much. And so I think my snow pants needs are met. I haven't had a chance to fully test them because we haven't had that kind of snow again. But for mm. $65 versus the $400 pair, yeah, <laughs> it was close to impulse purchasing. And they're a very pretty emerald green. So
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's so great. I'm excited.
0: Cool. All right. Should we get into books? I'm excited yeah. to do a books episode. What's your first book for us, Kim?
1: The first book I want to talk about is Sewing the Curve by... Mm-hmm. Jenny Rushmore, who runs the website Cashmere at. I feel like she's one of the kind of, like, original fat sewing bloggers. Mm-hmm. And this book is really cool. It's just a great guide to, like, if you're getting started sewing plus size patterns. It covers, like, tons of basics, like tools, choosing the right pattern, how to, like, measure yourself for sizing, troubleshooting sewing machines grading between sizes if you like want to make a dress but you're like one size on top and one size on the bottom Mm -hmm. there's also some really cool stuff that i haven't seen elsewhere there's like a little section on sewing with chronic illness or disability and just sort of like how to go about that in a way that it's like less taxing on your body which i thought was cool and the book also includes six patterns that go up to size 32 and the book comes with them like printed which is really cool I also wanted to just, like, quickly mention this other thing that Jenny does, which is called My Body Model. It's, like, a website that lets you make a little custom body drawing that you can use to plan your wardrobe or, like, see how stuff would look on you. Oh, my gosh. That
0: sounds fun. I know.
1: It uses your measurements, I think, to generate, like, a little model of yourself. And I just feel like there's probably some people in the burnt toast community who would find that
0: fun. I'm on the website right now. This looks really fun. I mean, is it, the idea is, like, for planning, like, patterns and that kind of thing? I think
1: there's a bunch of ways you could use it. Like, you could use it if you're a sewist and want to, like, think about, I don't know, what fabrics you want to use or Mm -hmm. what garments you want to make. Or you could use it if you're, like, doing some kind of, like, wardrobe clean out and you want to, like put together outfits or something like that.
0: Oh, my God. It's almost like the closet from Clueless come to life.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, totally. I
0: feel like they're missing a branding (laughs) opportunity by not mentioning that, but it's fine. Yeah. That is super, super cool. I am never going to sew my own clothes, but I really love how many sewists we have in Burnt Toast, and I love that for everybody. I did have a brief fling with sewing in high school where I made some dresses Hmm. And I think I just learned that I'm a little too type A for that hobby. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. (laughs) My skills did not match up to my perfectionist nature. There was a mismatch, so. That totally makes sense. I took a sewing class in high school and somehow made it through, but it was sometimes frustrating. Anyway, so this one is already out, and just tell us the name of the book again.
1: Yeah, it's called Sewing the Curve, and the author is Jenny Rushmore from Et.
0: Love it. My first book that I'm going to talk about is The Sicilian Inheritance by Joe Piazza, friend of the show, and I cannot put it down like I considered being very behind on all of my work today so that I could finish it this morning. I started it yesterday. Wow. Jo writes excellent. I believe she's categorized under women's fiction, but she's been on the podcast before talking about her previous book and also her love of writing good food in fiction. And this book takes place mostly in Sicily. So you need to understand what a good food novel it is. I am just like, how do I plan a trip to Sicily? It's really good food writing. But the main character, Sarah, is a butcher slash restaurant owner who's sort of like torpedoed her life in a bunch of ways. She's getting a divorce and drinking too much and losing her restaurant. And then her great aunt dies and her final request is for Sarah to go to Sicily, to the village their family is from, and scatter her ashes. And then when she gets there, she also discovers that she has to solve the murder mystery of her great-grandmother, which Whoa. is based on a true story from Joe's family. Like, she's oh my gosh. Her family's from Sicily, and there is a mystery about the death of her great-grandmother. And so Joe has also been recording a whole podcast about this, which I'm really excited to dive into. And then the other amazing thing about it is I love stories about unexpected pockets of radical feminism. And what I mean by that is, like, a lot of the book is a flashback to the great-grandmother's life growing up in, like, the 1910s and 1920s in Sicily. And they're in this tiny village, and it's, like, patriarchy, and the women have very few options. But then because a lot of the men started leaving Sicily to go to America because they thought they would make more money there, the women end up basically running the village because there's, like, no men left to do anything. And it's this cool story of how they become self-taught doctors and makers and all these different jobs so if you like a good mystery if you like i don't know what the genre is that includes unexpected pockets of radical (laughs) feminism but if that's something you look for in books and really good food writing the sicilian inheritance it's delightful
1: that sounds amazing yeah
0: all right what are you got next
1: okay the next one i want to talk about is this book the secrets of giants by Alyssa ages This is an interesting book. It's kind of like part memoir, personal narrative, and part research. And basically the premise is that following a miscarriage, Alyssa starts to pursue strength training more seriously, Mm -hmm. and specifically like strongman training.
0: Is strongman different from powerlifting?
1: Yes, it's very different. If you went to a strongman competition, people would be, like, lifting up huge stones and, like, lifting up these, like, fake metal logs and, like, hoisting them over their heads. Yeah, it's different. And it's very interesting. I am super interested to try it
0: stay tuned for cringe stronger. message I can say. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's kind of an interesting
1: story and I think a lot of burnt toast people would be interested like okay now she's like not having kids anymore and kind of reclaiming her body and trying to figure out what else she can do with her body and she talks to like a lot of athletes about their experiences and kind of wrestles with ideas about like femininity and weightlifting and what being bulky means and like how women are taught that weakness is sexy and stuff like that. And then eventually she does a strongman competition, and eventually she also goes to strongman nationals. So, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting story if you're interested in strength, training, and feminism, and how those things kind of fit together.
0: I will also say, I just finished listening to Julia Tertian's long-form essay about powerlifting that she published with Roxanne Gay. We can link to that. It's incredible. And I really didn't think I was interested in powerlifting. Like, I do enjoy my weekly strength training workouts with Lauren Lavelle, but I don't think I'm ever going to go down this rabbit hole with y'all. I just don't need to own that many different types of shoes and a singlet. And the gym vibe is not for me. And I was riveted reading it. Like, it is so cool to read stories of people, like, especially fat folks, especially women, finding power in their bodies and finding yeah. like, healing through doing these. Th-
1: I love that essay and I was really excited to read it. I will say Alyssa is a straight-sized person, but yeah, yeah still just like wrestling with a lot of the same stuff that
0: we all do. Well, there's some universal pieces to this.
1: Yeah. So that one is Secrets of Giants by Alyssa Ages.
0: And the subtitle is A Journey to Uncover the True Meaning of Strength." Okay, I am going to talk about a book that is already out. It came out in December, but it is On the Plus Side by Jenny L. Howe, and I just had the total joy of doing one of her book launch events with her this past weekend at Split Rock Books, of course. And it is such a fun, fat-positive feminist romance. The premise is Everly is the heroine who gets picked for a reality tv show that's kind of like queer eye meets what not to wear but fat positive Wow! with a host who's sort of bottled on nicole byers like imagine if nicole byers did a life coaching like fat positive reality show i would watch that i would absolutely watch it nicole if you're listening talk to jenny Okay. And so she's doing the show. And then there's a sexy, grumpy cameraman who's also not fat exactly, but definitely bigger bodied, not like typical romance hero body. And it's just super fun and super hot. And the very cool backstory on Jenny is that she has a PhD in medieval literature. And she's a college professor who teaches writing and literature and also writes these romance novels that, like, combination of things is really great. Yes. And she was hilarious to do an event with and told many good stories. I'll quickly tell one, even though I'm hoping to have her on the podcast for her next book in December, but I think she has endless funny stories. So this is not a spoiler, but the main sex scene in the book features a washer dryer. Oh. I'll let you use your imagination. And she told us that as it happened, when she was writing the book, She and her husband purchased a new washer-dryer, and so she asked her aunt, who is her accountant, can I write off the washer-dryer as book research? And her aunt said, only if you can show that it is used 50% of the time for book research. Wow.
1: I mean.
0: (laughs) She was like, okay, I don't know if I can commit to that much book research. That's
1: incredible.
0: That's we'll never so not funny. be laughing about that story. Anyway, freelancers now we've come up with all kinds of justifications for write-offs, but yeah, that was that was a leap. Anyway, That's
1: so brave to ask your aunt that. I know.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if her aunt knew the context okay. of how oh, it was used. In the, I think she was sense. like, "There yes. is a washer dryer in this novel."
1: Yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be in for a shock when she reads the
0: yes. book. So that is On the Plus Side by Jenny Howe. She just also had so many great things to say about like how she thinks about writing fat characters, how she's always writing against stereotypes and tropes. I already love a great romance, but knowing that someone is coming at this genre with really good fat politics behind it is like all the more reason to support her work. And she has a new book called How to Get a Life in 10 Dates that comes out in December. So you can go ahead and pre-order that right now. And we will try to have her on the pod then so we can hear more about all of that.
1: Is that one also featuring a fat
0: She was very clear she will never not write fat protagonists. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Her first novel had a fat female lead and the male lead she described as Ichabod Crane. And then this next one was a fat female lead and like a bigger guy who is sort of self-conscious about it. Adorably so. And then the new one, I think both characters are fat.
1: Cool. So I love like, that.
0: That's what I come here to do. Not doing anything else.
1: That's really cool. Okay. The next book I want to talk about, I am extremely excited about. It's Mechanic Shop Femme's Guide to Car Ownership. And hopefully some listeners are already familiar with Mechanic Shop Femme. Her name is Kaya. She does a lot of great, like, Instagram and TikTok content. But, yeah, the book is amazing. It's basically just, like, (laughs) it covers everything from, like, how to buy a car, how to find a mechanic, whether or not you should consider leasing a car, and then also just, like, what maintenance you should do yourself versus taking it to a shop and, like, how to use your car manual and how to check tire pressure. Just, like, all kinds of great stuff. I can definitely see myself using this book. I can see myself giving it to other people. And I'm just very excited about it.
0: I am so excited to have it. Probably one of the most gendered things about my marriage was the amount of time I spent never thinking about my cars. Dan just did all the car things. and I mean, to be honest, that
1: is a selling point of marriage for me. It
0: honestly was. I
1: would love to have someone taking care of the
0: car. (laughs) There were various other house tours he did that I took on with no problem. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, basically already kind of did that or knew what to do. And the car went. I'm just like, oh, God, I have to think about the car. And I have a lot of, like, gender conditioning fear around it. Like, I don't think I'm totally. going to be taken seriously when I talk to someone about car repairs or buying a car. And yeah. I feel extremely self-conscious. Like, I had to text a friend to be like, how do I get my state inspection done?
1: because yeah. I
0: haven't done that. And it turned yes. out it wasn't hard. In my case, I just went to the dealer and they did it. But you can also go to like a Valvoline oil change type place. But I was just like, "Oh my god, I totally don't even know. Like I don't know what those words mean."
1: <laughs> yeah, and Kaya talks about that a bit. Like at the beginning, she kind of tells a story about wanting to go to test drive cars and calling to ask like, "Can we come test drive cars?" and then showing up with her partner and basically being told to leave. What?
0: So like (laughs) women have all this money. I don't understand.
1: I don't know. I don't know. But it's a really good book and she definitely has the knowledge and her story is also just amazing. Like, I think she aged out of the foster care system and then someone like got her a job at an auto repair place and she just like learned all this stuff. So she's really knowledgeable and just like super smart and yeah, has tons of great content online about like fat car safety and stuff like that. but yeah this book is definitely like just a great resource
0: and it comes out in April so I'm gonna say like please 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 pre-order it because this is the kind of book we want to do really well like this is such a phenomenal resource and it's a way to support a fat author working in a space where it is very cis white male dominated. So like, even if you're like, I'm not that interested in my car, I have a husband who handles the cars, like order this book. As I was looking through it, I was like, it's not actually that hard. It's that I was told I couldn't do it. And like, let's yeah. not let that be a reason we don't understand things. This is a great resource to help us get over that fear and figure this stuff out.
1: Totally. And I just I think it would be such a great gift, like for someone graduating or getting
0: like, divorced. It's a great divorce. Yeah, getting divorced. Great point. Great I'm going to buy it for all my friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can give it along with This American Ex-Wife. Yes.
0: Yes which we're going to talk about next. So you're going to want your divorce gift package to include Kaya's book. And then the next book you're going to want to put in it is This American Ex-Wife, How I Ended My Marriage and Started My Life by Liz Lenz. It is just a real powerhouse of a book. Liz is also doing a podcast by the same name, which is hilarious and a must listen. And I also want to be clear, like, this isn't like divorce conversion therapy, (laughs) like you can stay married and do all of this you can be not partnered at all and read like get a lot of these books like what Liz is doing in this American ex-wife is going through the history of the institution of marriage to show how it was designed as a way to make women into property to control women you know Ability to own a car, forget, like talk to the mechanic about your car, but own your own car, like own your own property, have your own credit cards, you know, just all of these things that marriage was set up to prevent women doing. And she's very clear that, like, yes, within this bad system, there are partnerships that defy this, but it's still a bad system. And so it's not surprising that it fails as many people as it does. And It really opened my eye. Like it helped me understand more about the structural pieces of it and how that had shown up in my own life in ways I hadn't really grappled with. I mean, it for sure convinces me I will not be repeating that process of marriage ever again.
1: Never say never.
0: Not without a good prenup. (laughs) Let me put it that way. What I think is also important to know about it is it's really hopeful I think it's gonna do great because Liz is amazing but I'm worried if it doesn't do great it's gonna be because I mean I get it if you're married and you're reading this book in your living room like <laughs> I think it's a similar concern we had about fat talk which was like mm. will parents want to read a book called fat talk in their house where their kid might pick up the book like are people going to be afraid of I mean her cover has a burning wedding dress on it like You know, are people afraid to admit they want to be a part of this conversation? To which I say, you do want to be a part of the conversation. And there are so many books right now that talk about mom rage or talk about structural forces against women. And we always hear that conversation through the lens of like, well, then how do you ask your partner to help more? Like, how do you make your life better while staying within the same system? And I think it's really hopeful to hear you don't need to be a part of that system, that there's actually another way to do this that's much happier and much more liberating. And it's not about staying in some angry I hate men space for the rest of your life. You can just opt out of that. That's what her book really helped me think through. And I found it super helpful.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I'm really excited to read that one.
0: It's a good time. Did you have another one?
1: I just wanted to quickly shout out two books that I'm excited to read, which are or not books that anyone sent to me, but just books that are coming out this spring that I'm looking forward to. Great. The first one is The Hunter by Tana French. Mm. Do you read her stuff? Yes, I like her. Okay. I feel like I've been waiting for, like, a year for her to put out another book. And so I'm just, like, super excited for that one. This one is a sequel to The Searcher, which was, like, a story about an ex-cop living in Ireland. So it's not part of, like, the Dublin Murder Squad thing. And maybe that series is over. I don't know.
0: One thing I will say about Town of French is I read them and then I'm always like, did I read that one? Which like they yeah. are a little. Well, I feel like the titles are. Yeah. They're like all the titles are similar, too similar. And the covers are all white with like a tree yes. on it. And I. Yes. Would like some more <laughs> distinction between them.
1: That's a great point. Most of the books of hers that I've read, I've listened to, they always have like really good like Irish readers.
0: Oh, that would be a great audiobook. Okay, I'm an audiobook. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of like descriptive language where you can just like kind of listen and zone out a mm-hmm. little bit. Like it's a great audio We love that. And then the other one I am excited about is Anita De Monte Laughs Last by Xochitl Gonzalez. She wrote the book Olga dies, dies Dreaming. dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, which I really liked. And I'm excited for this one.
0: She's a really beautiful writer. Another one I am excited to read that I have not read yet. I'm still on my divorce. I didn't intend this to be a divorce
1: book episode. It's fine. (laughs) But here we are. We all have our interests.
0: (laughs) We have our hobbies. But Sarah Peterson just read Splinters, which is the new Leslie Jameson, which comes out at the end of, I think, the week we're dropping this. And, like, Sarah is a diffusive texter most of the time, I will say, with love, But the text I was getting as she was reading this book was like epiphany after epiphany after like, oh my God, after like there, she like really went on a journey with this and she was like, Hmm. please read it, please read it. And I was like, well, I didn't get sent an advanced copy, Sarah, so I have to wait, but I have pre-ordered it. So I'm very excited to read it. I think it is about Leslie, I'm assuming from the title, Splinters, exploding her life in various ways. So I'm looking forward to diving into that as well.
1: That sounds cool.
0: And then there is this trio of books that I fully disclose. I've had them sitting in my... You all know I have the TBR cart because I have so many books and they sit on the To Be Read cart. And I do work through it, but more books come in and it's just like the cart will never be emptied. Mm -hmm. And there's been this trio of books sitting on the cart that I'm so interested in. And they are all about religion. And then two of them are like The Intersection of Religion and Diet Culture and Anti-Fatness. And so this one is... We of Little Faith, Why I Stopped Pretending to Believe and Maybe You Should Too by Kate Cohen, who is mm. a really phenomenal Washington Post journalist and has done a lot of great work. It says it's an impassioned atheist rallying rally and cry to inspire non-believers to be honest with themselves and their families about their true beliefs and in doing so change the American cultural conversation. I'm wow. extremely interested to read that because I was raised atheist and being raised atheist in the 80s was a little bit of a stigmatizing identity, to be honest with you. So I am just curious to get into that. And then on the religion side, Fat Church, Claiming a Gospel of Fat Liberation by Anastasia E.B. Kidd. This is a critiques anti-fat prejudice and the church's historic participation in it, calling for a reckoning with fat phobia for the sake of God's gospel of freedom. She's ordained in the United Church of Christ. And it's blurbed by Christina Johnson, who I love, and Amanda Martinez-Beck, who's also really wonderful. I don't think we talk about religion very often in this space because I don't have one. So I don't feel like it's my work. Like, I don't feel like I'm useful in that conversation. But I really appreciate that people are interrogating this.
1: That sounds fascinating.
0: Okay, and then the last one is called Feed Yourself, Step Away from the Lies of Diet Culture and Into Your Divine Design by Leslie Schilling. Leslie is an anti-diet dietitian I've known for years and years and years, interviewed her for all sorts of stories. She really knows her stuff. And she is a straight-sized dietitian, but she's someone who's done quite a lot of work centering like anti-fatness in her work. And this is, yeah, again, her interrogating the church and the messages she's gotten from the church around bodies. So I think like Fat Church is maybe more of an exploration of the issues. And Leslie's book is more of like prescriptive advice on if you're staying in the church, how to navigate the messages you're getting, how to rethink, how to think differently about your relationship with food, all of that kind of stuff. So it's just a little trio. I'm really interested in all three of those.
1: Let's do better. Do you want to go first?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about my butter. OK, Freelist, thank you so much for joining us for the Spring Books Forecast. Next up is butter, where Corinne and I are going to each tell you about something we are super loving right now. And we're also going to hear from a few of the authors mentioned in this episode with their butters. And no spoilers, but one is about cannoli, and one is a really excellent recommendation if you, like me, are ready to burn all your underwire bras or possibly send them off into space. I don't even know, but this person has the solution for us. Better is for paid subscribers only, so just click the link in your episode description or go to virginiasoulsmith.substack.com to join us.